Is the communication between you and your partner going down a path you're not comfortable with? How did it get that way in the first place? Are you noticing one or the other person being shorter with each other than normal? Is the other person being a little bit more quiet or or being more to themselves than what they normally would? Those are two real big early indicators. So if you can identify that early and be open to the feedback from the other person or to take your own responsibility, because the less defensive you are and the more we take responsibility for our behavior, the sooner we're able to change it most of the time. In today's Health Styles podcast, Mike Tozer, licensed clinical professional counselor from Sarah Bush Lincoln, will talk more about the behaviors that hurt relationships and some solutions to create positive feelings between partners. We'll be right back after this message. When you're healthy, life can be less complicated. But when you're not well, all you really care about is finding a doctor that will listen to you and will work with you to find answers and solutions. A medical team you can trust that treats you like you're important. That's who we are. Sarah Bush Lincoln, trusted compassionate care right here, close to home. Welcome back to Health Styles. This is your host, Lori Banks, and Mike Tozer, licensed clinical professional counselor from Sarah Bush Lincoln, is back again. And today, given it's February, we're talking about communication in relationships. So, Mike, when people come to you with relationships problems, what are the kind of key things that are, you know, they're, they're, they want to talk about? Invariably, Lori, the thing that I hear when I ask that question, what brings us in here today? I would say about 90% of the time I hear them say, we need to have better communication. So they start off with that and they say better communication. But then when I start asking, what does that mean? Obviously, both partners tend to have their own viewpoint on what better communication means, and that's where my work generally comes in. But I do see some things, and, you know, as a therapist and a lot of other therapists can attest to, like, there are some pretty standard things that show that communication is poor between a couple, and we tend to focus on, not only focus on finding out how how they do those things, but then what the solution is in order to rectify that or to improve that communication. And do you find that, obviously, uh, men and women communicate in different ways? And I may think, well, I'm communicating, but your partner may go, I'm not hearing that. I don't know if it's pretty, I don't know if it's, if it's really gender specific. I think you hear a lot of that. I mean, that one book a while back, Men Men from from Mars, Mars, Women are from Venus, I mean, that's a marketing thing per se. Or, but, I mean, human beings gen- generally communicate, you know, in a fairly consistent way amongst amongst each other. Like, I, I usually find that each couple have a tendency to have their own styles of communication and usually trying to work that out 
is one of the solutions that we have that people have their own set of things that they like and they dislike and the ways that they communicate things and they don't communicate things. And a lot of times what I find is most couples get into this thing where they get, and, and it's practically all couples, get into this routine of interacting and then they just kind of live there and then it starts to just slowly get worse and worse and worse because like human beings are, we get into routines all all the time and our communication and our relationship is no different. And that's what we have, that's what I generally talk about is how, what have, what pattern have you taken on as a couple and what needs to be done to change it. And there's usually some things that show that why it doesn't work. And then we focus on what does work. All right. So we're going to talk about a couple of different communications, behaviors, however you want to put them, and some of the solutions. So let's start with the first one, and that's criticism. Well, (laughs) we laugh at that, but I mean, it's pretty much what it says through things is most people will come in and they're focused on what people don't do or what's driving them crazy. So, for example, things like, well, they don't do enough around the house. That's like one of the big ones. Like, or they're always nagging on me because I like to do, you know, certain things. Like I I like to go, you know, hunt or fish or I like to go out with my friends or, you know, I like to just have some time away from the children. And then they're like, well, that person gets all of, gets more than I do. It becomes like this tit for tat. And then they start, you know, they criticize, you know, other people for their lack of doing something, their lack of attentiveness, or they criticize like the way that, that the other person does things. So, you know, you start off with like focusing. People are so focused on the other person when they come to see me that, that they've really lost sight of their own functioning that's going on. And I'm not talking about necessarily always negative. They just, they become so angry at the other person and they're criticizing the things that they're doing and taking it out because they feel so frustrated and um, powerless at the time. Like it just feels like things are going over and over and over again. And usually both parties have that same feeling. They're so stuck in it that it's like they are, you know, picking out things to criticize each other for. So you can't go, you can't be in any relationship and not ever tell the other person, hey, you're doing this and it's frustrating to me. There, You have to get that out. So instead of saying, for instance, the kitchen is, me- is a mess, you're such a slob, what's a better way of addressing criticism with your partner? Well, something along the lines of saying, you know, I could really use your help with some things. Can you help me with this? Can you, can, can you help me with that? You know, I would really appreciate it. Like, it would make, you know, would help me feel a little bit better. Or I would like, you know, even as much as I know it's saying something, I know it's like the not the greatest thing that we do that we could spend time doing together, but it is something we could do together. So usually what I tell people is talk about things that will will benefit both of you, you know, approaching it from that 
standpoint and instead of like saying things like you're a slob, you're a mess, you know, you don't ever do anything around here. Like that's, that's kind of a staple one. You never do anything around here. I'm always doing everything. Yeah, that's going to be met with defensiveness. Which is the next one on our list. <laughs> defensiveness. <laughs> so anytime you try to tell people what they're not doing or should be doing, people are going to get defensive. And by the time people come into me or or if people have been in this pattern for so long and like they're not coming into me but they've been in the pattern, they <clears throat> that's generally what you see. There's so much defensiveness because they both feel like they're right. So any any usually things come across as criticism, usually because they say things like you're this or you're that, or um, which is really not a way to approach communication with somebody else. And so that causes defensiveness in the other person. So they shut down and they begin to make excuses for why they are or why they aren't doing something a particular way particular way but they'll say things like well if you weren't uh, nagging on me all the time or if you weren't harping on me all the time to do something like this maybe I would do it so they're being defensive they're blaming the other person for not doing something by the way the other person is talking to them or treating them so they they begin to find excuses for it defend themselves and a lot of times that's creating a lot of really bad feelings towards the other person. And they start to become, a lot of times, there's a couple things that happen. People either begin to shut down or they begin to become more angry with the other person. And then they start to be, you know, both of them get into that pattern of being angry with each other or both of them may withdraw from each other, or they both may be a combination of the two things. What are some things we should do then to combat that? Well, I think one of the things that, you know, the I statement thing, you hear that a lot, but not in the way in which we generally traditionally know. So when I go back to earlier when I said, you know, I could really use your help, I would really like us to do this. It's an inclusive I statement, not the I feel you are, because I feel you are doing this. Is <laughs> not really a good use of I statements, but finding a way to take responsibility for ourselves and our feelings, like I'm feeling overwhelmed. It would be really helpful if you could do some of this. Can, can we talk about doing these things together or what would work out instead of like doing things like, I feel like you're a slob. I feel like you won't do anything for me. <laughs> you know, that's really not I statement material. So that would be probably, that's what I work with, uh, work with a lot of people and a lot of couples on in presenting that um, to their, you know, as a way of communication. And we go through the process of identifying these things that tend to be problematic in their communication and start to work on, you know, putting that into practice at home with, with an exercise or two. Okay. Because defensiveness left unchecked can lead to contempt. 
and contempt for that other person, that right. anger, disgust, hostility, all those negative emotions. Right. And when I talked about withdrawing, then people do what they call stonewalling, where they um, won't listen anymore. They withdraw or they just um, will hide it like they'll stay away from the home a lot of times or they will have their little place in the home that they go to their bedroom or something like a garage uh, or two real spots that I hear you know, people just kind of retreat to there or they just won't listen anymore. Now, there's a real popular term called gaslighting these days. This is not that. This is not gaslighting when someone won't talk to you or someone withdraws from you. It's not, that's stonewalling, that's defensiveness, that's withdrawing. Gaslighting is a whole nother term that we could spend another podcast on if we wanted to. So stonewalling is more about just not responding, withdrawing, not participating, not being in the present of the here and now with your partner. So what what do you when when it when relationships get to that point, what do you tell people? What we do is we focus on ways in which they both can be agreeable in doing you know committing to a different style of communication. So there's something that I that I present is called fair fighting where first and foremost Number one, you have to be willing to listen to the other person. So I will set up a scenario where each night that people will get like two to three minutes to just talk about how they feel and what's going on for their day, and the other person has to keep their mouth shut and pay attention. So they both get the opportunity to do that. But we also do it in terms of like, so if you're going to talk about something, you're going to talk about the things that bother you in the here and now, not the things that were two, five, ten years ago. Because that's the other part of problems in relationship is when people either bring up the past or they do what I call um, keeping score or having a scorecard where I did this, this, and this, and you didn't do this, this, and this. Like it's almost like the tit for tat or one-upping the other other person and, and so that's the second part of it is like you have to be willing to listen to the other person. You can't keep score <laughs> and bring that in, into it. But you also have to be respectful when we go through like what is respectful, what is what is a respectful way of doing things, calling names, being critical, the things that we talked about earlier, being angry and hostile. I have to be willing to communicate it in a different way, which comes into the way we were talking about, like taking responsibility or presenting it in a different way that where you're including the other person and not alienating the other person. So for people who are listening and they think, well, I don't have I don't think our problems require my my partner and I to go to a. Uh, see a counselor, but there's maybe some 
nagging things. What are some, er so my question is, what are some early indications that maybe you may have some communication issues to deal with in your relationship? I think, I think an early indicator, um, are you noticing one or the other person being shorter with each other than normal? Is the other person being a little bit more quiet or are being more to themselves than what they normally would. Those are two real big early indicators that I hear. And people will even come in sometimes individually at that point in time and say, I've noticed myself being shorter with another person or with my partner, or I just don't tolerate things around the house the way that I used to. And I, I tend to be taking it out on them. So if you can identify that early and be open to the feedback from the other person or to take your own responsibility and say, I'm sorry, I've been short with you, but I'm not really sure why can we talk about it? You know, the sooner you do it, the less likely you are to fall into the patterns that I've been talking about. And that's usually where people get into trouble is they don't address those things. They may see them, they may feel them, and they don't do that, and then they just let it go. And that's what I usually tell people. I know that most people, and I tell them, most of you I know have ended up here just because you got in such a routine and ignored some things here or there. It's not like you were choosing this to happen or, or wanting this to happen. It just It just kind of the way that it does it. So identifying your own behavior as soon as possible or at least listening to the partner that says, hey, you're being short with me lately. Instead of being defensive, try to stay as open as you can to listening to that. Because the less defensive you are and the more we take responsibility for our behavior, the sooner we're able to change it most of the time. So at what point would you suggest someone speak to a counselor or someone outside of the relationship? You know, I have, I have people come in that aren't having a significant amount of problems like this and say, we just want to strengthen our relationship. You know, I'll have people come in every so often. And even a lot of times when I do see people after six months, I'll say, you know, I want to see you guys back in six months to see even if things are good. So, I mean, you can come in at any time. I think, again, the sooner the better. Like, if you're just noticing things are starting to change and you don't like the direction, if, you know, you're both communicating differently and you're finding out that you're just not liking it, so you, know, you can come in individually, you can come in as a couple. A lot of times if people come in individually, you know, I will say, I think maybe the both of you are going to want to come in so we can address this because sometimes I'll find that it's not something I can do by just giving some suggestions to an individual. <clears throat> so that would be like trying to notice it as early as possible and not ignoring it. It's hard, but it's your best. That's like the earliest you can intervene 
the better. Just like any medical condition, the earlier you can catch it and treat it, the better, rather than waiting till that infection has and here's spread the, all over. Here's the thing that I that I tell other I tell all couples. Are you making your relationship a priority? I have all kinds of excuses, and they are for the most part. We have this to do, we have that to do, we have this to do. But I'll ask them, like, if an emergency of some time comes up or something happens around your house and you have to spend three or four hours out of your day or maybe even four or five hours out of your week taking care of it, if I'd asked you at the beginning of the week if you could have spared that for each other, what would you have told me? And most practically everyone will say, I would have told you I wouldn't have had the time to do that. So it's a commitment to making time for each other that matters because that's more likely to be a preventative thing than it is to be a hassle with things. And even if you can take an hour out of your week to spend with that person, you you have a better chance of keeping things going communicating, uh, understanding what the other person might be going through or have the opportunity to talk about that. But you have to make your relationship a priority no matter what. And if you can't, you probably have to look at the way that things are going in your life, which might be contributing to what's going on. So, Mike, it is February, and February brings up Valentine's Day and love. So let's piggyback off of what you just said. Most of the time, when you bring up Valentine's Day, what we hear is, oh, it's just one of those holidays that I'm supposed to buy stuff for my significant other. It's like it's a moneymaker. It's, you know, all of those people are trying to get their money out of us. (laughs) And I always say, yeah, what a horrible thing to spend one day out of the year to show the person that you love how much you truly love them. And everybody kind of looks at me and I'm like, again, it goes back to on how do you want to prioritize your relationship? Do, would it be great if we did stuff like Valentine's day on a regular basis on our own? Sure. But it's also a day in which you can actually be mindful sometimes and realize maybe I'm not doing as much as I can. I think it's a wonderful holiday, you know, and that's why I always basically meet it with sarcasm (laughs) because it is, you know, if you really truly care about the person that you're with, taking a day to show them how important they are, like probably will help save your relationship. So Come Valentine's Day, I would just like to throw out to people, keep in mind it, you know, keep in mind that, like how important that person is to you. And it's not about the money makers, it's about how you show that person how much you really do care. That's a great way to wrap this podcast up. Mike, thank you so much for talking to us and giving them us some great advice on uh, having healthy communication and making our relationships better. Sure thing, Lori. Thanks. If you want more information about Mike Tozer, including his office location and phone number, just visit our website at sarahbush.org under Find a Doctor. 
Mike will be back next month with another podcast on mental health. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you know when new shows are available. This is Lori Banks, your host for Health Styles. Have a great day.